Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank and the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here's Matt Cabry. Tell us a little about the Tactile Group. First of all, I, I'm always intrigued by names. Is there a meaning behind the name, the Tactile Group? There certainly is. Uh, the way I'm wired is to uh, really try to figure out the hardest part of a problem and solve that first. So um, as uh, the Tactile Group evolved and I was naming it, uh, and I knew we were going to be doing a lot of digital products and a lot of websites, I was like, what's the hardest kind of thing to express or the kind of what kind of thing is really hard to do digitally and it's that sense of touch that kind of really um, almost intimate connection between uh, consumer and product and between client and uh, designer for lack of a better term so we try to have a very quote unquote hands on approach to things so tactile seemed like a very uh, specific direction in uh, we took in naming the company take us back to that first moment of I think I want to do this what was the inspiration? What was the problem, if you will, you were trying to solve, if that makes sense? Uh, the problem was not to have a traditional job ever. So I actually have never had one. I've um, From college or so, I was uh, worked a lot of time as a DJ. You know, I, I did a lot of portable stuff, did a lot of weddings and bat mitzvahs, uh, which were kind of fun uh, and interesting. Uh, I, I did a little stint in retail. That's, that's probably the only um, uh, traditional job I've had. But um, I've always... Um, wanted to work for myself. So uh, before I did this, uh, this kind of grew out of uh, me designing my own flyers for when I was DJing. So um, after I did did that for myself and branded a few small companies uh, and small nonprofits around the the neighborhood, I was like, I can either stay in my bedroom forever or I can take a leap of faith and, you know, borrow some money from friends and family and fools and actually try to make a real go at this. So um, back in 2004, uh, I started Mark Coleman Design. Uh, within three years, I was at that point where I needed to either stay in the bedroom or, you know, hire my first employee and, and take the first leap of faith. And um, never, never kind of looked back since. That's great. You mentioned, uh, you know, born and raised in North Philadelphia, Mount Airy area, and then grew up pretty much in the greater Philadelphia region. But tell us a little bit about Mark Coleman. You know, where do you consider your neighborhood to be and where'd you go to school and that kind of thing? Sure. So uh, elementary um, school was... Um, uh, Mount Airy area and actually Ambler. We went to um, for uh, Montessori school in Germantown, and then we went to uh, Fort Washington uh, Elementary uh, at my, through my aunt. Uh, then we moved to South Jersey and Willingboro. So um, uh, that was junior high and high school. Uh, Princeton University for three and a half years. Uh, Temple University in Drexel for another two. And uh, I end up being a highly overeducated high school graduate. You know, I have three quarters of two de- two degrees, uh, but I own this company. So that's kind of my path to here. Educational attainment doesn't always um, equate to certain levels of success. You've clearly reached success in different ways. Yeah, and especially for what we do, um, for what I do in specific, um, and being able to drive my own ship. You know, I, I'm not checking my pedigree as where I'm checking my portfolio. And uh, for creative works, especially, it's uh, when we're hiring now, we're looking at people's portfolio, we're looking at their work performance, we're not necessarily looking at a degree. Willingboro, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, you know, at Select Greater Philadelphia, we actually cover 11 counties, five counties in southern New Jersey, five counties in southeastern Pennsylvania, and Newcastle County in northern Delaware. 
talk with us a little bit about the neighborhood of Greater Philadelphia. How different is Willingboro, New Jersey, compared to Mount Airy or Ambler, Montgomery County, for that matter? It's very different, um, it, which is one of the strengths of the regions, I think. There's so many different types of neighborhoods and uh, groups of people that are living in close proximity to each other. You can go 10, 15 miles in, in different direction, have a totally different kind of feel, but um, it, it all feels cohesive in a way, just because uh, of the geographic uh, proximity of it all. Um, you know, living in uh, Willingboro for a good chunk of my formative years, Philadelphia was always the, you know, the city, and we always had a connection to it, and we'd always come in here when we were feeling you know, jazzed or whatever, and that, that was the place you went to do, to do certain things. But uh, Willingboro was a to- it's whole little different kind of world um, over there just across the bridge. Take us back to uh, Princeton. You're a freshman. <laughs> sure. Uh, what was your vision? What did you want to be when you kind of uh, grew up, if you will? What was your what was your path? I actually um, originally majored in electrical engineering, right? Uh, which was a really bad idea. Uh, it was kind of my father's uh, goading, like, yeah, you can make a lot of money as an engineer. I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, I absolutely hated it. I was okay at it, but since I hated it and there were so many other kind of really interesting things to do on campus besides study this thing. I kind of um, wasn't concentrating on, on it as much as I was. My heart was not in it. Uh, I knew that within within the first couple of, uh, um, actually by fully in sophomore year, I knew that this is not what I wanted to do. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? And talk a little bit about why you do, if you will. Sure. Definitely an entrepreneur. Always have been an entrepreneur. Um, uh, again, it's about finding my own path and having control over my own Destiny, as it, if it were my own work product, and what uh, uh, I present to the world uh, is part control freak, but it's also um, having wanting to be able to explore my own ideas and uh, make things happen in my own way. Uh, I, I've, I've always been that way. It's, it's a personality trait or flaw or characteristic, however you want to put it. But I definitely consider myself an entrepreneur. Take us back to two thousand four time frame maybe 2003 you're you're you know pretty successful in your disc jockey music business right and your ambition is to promote yourself so you start doing some flyers what was that moment that you had of you know what i'm pretty good at this and i think i can make this into more of just promoting my own interest and my own um you know my own small business as in the music business and 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 taking that to the concept of Mark Coleman design. Sure, I'm going to actually fill in a little. There's a little gap in there we kind of skipped over that I didn't didn't co- totally explain. Um, between the DJing part and the full on Mark Coleman design, uh, I ran a bed and breakfast with my then partner. And um, if anybody uh, says running a bed and bed and breakfast is a good idea, just spit in their eye and run the other way. I was you know as a glorified charwoman who you know owned the building. You know. I, Scrubbed a lot of toilets, but I learned a lot ar- around uh, customer service, scheduling, uh, financing. I-, I learned a lot of other uh, auxiliary skills that led me to be able to uh, run Mark Coleman Design successfully. So the part where I, I kind of transitioned out of had that epiphany uh, about the scale of what I could do in my bedroom and trying to go go larger was like I didn't, you know, I wanted a certain lifestyle and I couldn't do that as as a solopreneur. I needed. Um, a certain amount of scale to the company so that I can make a certain amount of return. So um, I, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be doing this in my bedroom forever. What do I need to do to make that next step? And when you got to that point of, okay, Mark Coleman design, we're doing pretty well. We're going to step out into a more formalized business environment uh, and create the tactile group. When did the name tactile group come up? Uh, right at that moment. Well, 
right at that moment when I didn't want my name to be the only thing um, that people associated with the business. And Mark Holman Design sounds like what it was, you know, a, a solo a solo person, uh, freelancer doing some larger projects sometimes. Uh, I needed a, a name that would give a larger client a little more confidence and our scale and our ability to do work. So that's the reason I took my name out of it. And uh, the Tactile Group grew organically out of that thought process we kind of talked about earlier. Talk a little bit about the the business environment that you were experiencing in greater Philadelphia, not just the city, but if you if you do work around the city as well. And and the challenges, the the opportunities, what worked really well, what were you know kind of some of those tough spots that you may have hit as well. So uh, I didn't really have a formal business education. So a lot of the things about doing business with the city uh, and in the city, I had to find out by you know trial and error. And I made some pretty big mistakes in the beginning. Um, uh, and I have to say, from the time when I started uh, Tactile in 2007 until until now, doing business with the city has gotten a little bit easier. I think there's um, some things that were much more difficult to do as as a, a um, someone who's uninitiated uh, to the process uh, than they are now. Uh, part of it's technology. Part of it's some of their processes are starting to slowly improve. Uh, and I think a part of this and, and part of where I was going with this is the the whole kind of um, that tech entrepreneurial community sure. and, and uh, how much you engage with them, how much they actually help folks. Um, whether they're starting out for the very first time or, or maybe they've been in business for about five years and they're starting to get some traction, that, that we've heard that community is really uh, meaningful. Uh, the good parts in the community is that uh, um, exist where um, people can come together and do these hackathons and you know um, figure out more complex problems together or um, – a lot of people who kind of bounce around amongst these tech companies uh, bring a lot of those skills from each one of those companies to their next gig. So you, we have this kind of rich kind of um, talent pool that keeps kind of recycling itself. Um, and we have a lot of opportunities to network with each other. There are a lot of networking events, the meetups, um, the uh, the kind of hackathons, like I said before. There are lots of opportunities uh, to work with other companies and come up with new ideas. So Philadelphia is a really diverse and really kind of fertile ground for, for tech growth. Let's talk a little bit about a more recent project. You know, 10 years down the line, the tactile group has this opportunity to be sitting around a table with, you know, depending on the day, 12, 20, 30, sometimes 45 people, the core team of what is now known as Philadelphia Delivers, the project to uh, ultimately tell the story of and attract potentially um, Amazon and their second headquarters to Philadelphia. Talk with us a little bit about how you found yourself in that position and what role you played. Sure. So um, the the Amazon uh, decision process was one of the most interesting projects we've ever been, had the opportunity to work on. Um, Amazon kind of announced they were having this RFP in September and gave cities, what is it, six weeks total uh, from the time they announced to the time the thing was due. Uh, in that time, um, the city had to identify the people they were going to work with. By the time they, we got down selected and were finally selected as the uh, website designer and developer for this project, we ultimately had only three weeks to do this project, and we hadn't didn't even have any content. So we had to, given that kind of flip set of parameters, we had to totally invert our design process. We had to um, just do a lot of things on the fly. Um, we had to help coordinate a lot of the design conversations. But luckily, um, in this particular instance, all of these these kind of 
different uh, stakeholders and different content producers and different members of this team were all kind of facing the same direction. People were so excited about this project and the opportunity to uh, show the world how incredible Philadelphia was. Uh, there were very few kind of um, impasses that we had as as far as the team went. Uh, and if there, there were things that we kind of disagreed on, they were solved really quickly because they had to be. So what we ultimately ended up with, um, I am so incredibly proud of and, uh, and and actually honestly amazed that we got it done in the time that we did. If folks wanted to go see that work, where, where would they go, Mark? Sure. Right now, the, the uh, public-facing site is at public.philadelphiadelivers.com. And how about if folks wanted to find out about the Tactile Group? Uh, the Tactile Group, you can reach us online at thetactilegroup.com. Excellent. And um, I do want to learn a little bit more about um, the overall project with Amazon. I mean, you, you touched on this. September 7th was the RFP release date. Uh, information was due back October 19th. Um, and then 90 days later, Philadelphia discovers that uh, it is one of 20 regions that has made the shortlist for Amazon's second headquarters. Share with us how you felt when you learned that news. When I I got that email, I was actually um, in the middle of breakfast, and I screamed into my Egg McMuffin. It was kind of embarrassing, but uh, it was actually extremely exhilarating to know that all that work that we had done had paid off for us to get past the first round. Absolutely. Um, is there a, is there a mentor? Is there an entrepreneur? Is there someone in your world that, and they don't have to be in the tech space, that you look up to and say, wow, um, I really aspire to be as successful as uh, that organization or that individual? Well, um, one of the people I count as my mentors is Harold Epps. Uh, I got to meet him uh, before he was commerce director, and we uh, he sat down uh, with me a few times and gave me a lot of advice around how to comport myself, how to uh, work uh, in the region, and some just really good business pointers. So uh, I look up to Mr. Epps a lot. Um, and as far as the region goes, I think Philadelphia, there's so, much, there's so many things to do within a day's drive of here. I mean, I, I love the center of the city. I, I live and work within um, a five block walking radius. We don't have a car. But, you know, if we want to go camping or go down the shore or go, um, you know, hiking or go uh, just go out to the school school park, there are so many options of things to do around here, um, both physical, uh, uh, art and culture. There's so many things to do here. You get a call from um, a aspiring entrepreneur from somewhere in the country or somewhere in the world. Sure. Uh, and they share with you their vision for what they want to do. It may not even be in the web development space or SEO space. Um, and they, they share with you that they're thinking about establishing their company in greater Philadelphia. Maybe it's in the city. Maybe it's in King of Prussia. Maybe it's in Mount Laurel, um, New Jersey. What would you tell them? I think Philadelphia has a lot of the things that, uh, especially a lot of the tech talent, want in a physical location. Um, there is the the proximity to the rest of the East Coast. There's the proximity to the rest of the world with the airports. Um, there, again, like I said, there's this uh, this availability of uh, parks and recreation and um, entertainment that is really rich in this this uh, in this this region uh, and specifically in Philadelphia. And if anybody likes to eat, this is one of the best places to eat in the country. I'm gonna, and you know this. I'm gonna ask some questions differently. Sure. Uh, Young entrepreneur comes to you and says, uh, look, I'm, I'm really stuck. I'm thinking about, uh, should I open my office in Boston? Should I open my office in Atlanta? Uh, 
I'm really struggling uh, to decide between Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Boston. What, what's your advice? Well, um, Philadelphia has a, for the largest cities, has a lower cost of operation here. So um, it's it's cheaper to to rent and to um, have your, your overhead's going to be lower here, period. Um, that uh, being said, there's an availability of tech talent here. We have all these these top-notch schools, um, and the kids are starting to stay now, which they weren't uh, 10, 15 years ago. There's things for them to do here. So um, not only will you have, uh, if you put uh, a top-tier job here, um, it's, it's some place where a top-tier talent uh, candidate is going to want to come. Do you think you would have been as successful opening Mark Coleman Design or the Tactile Group in a region other than greater Philadelphia? I don't really know because I haven't really been outside of it. So uh, I, I'm sure that uh, I, w- I w- there would have achieved some level of success, but there is, um, there's a certain amount of camaraderie that I feel here. Uh, I feel like um, you get out of things what you put into them here. So if you're willing to engage in um, uh, with the business community and the people around you, it, it comes back to you. Um, that's what I th- one of the things I think is the strength of this region. The perception uh, that Philadelphia, specifically the city, uh, is business unfriendly. Do, sure. you th- do you think that's true, or do you think that's being um, positioned in an inappropriate way? I think um, I think the definition of business unfriendly is shifting as businesses become more nimble and um, not so site specific, and and frankly smaller. I mean, I, I think the um, business unfriendliness concept sometimes is a holdover from really large businesses that have been here forever and uh, you know are willing to move um, uh, their entire company out to a, a far, kind of further part of the region for uh, a tax incentive but those people who live there have a different style and quality of life so it's, a, it's there's a trade-off to all of these these issues I don't I personally don't think that Philadelphia is business unfriendly I think that for instance uh, the Chamber of Commerce and the city council are in conversations in a way now and recently that they haven't been in years um, they of course are going to agree to disagree on some of these issues um, but I, at least there's a much more open conversation than there than there had been historically at least in my understanding Absolutely. And the collaboration that we see happening is really inspiring, frankly, that there are these conversations taking place. And, you know, one of the things we often talk about from a select greater Philadelphia perspective is just that, uh, you know, that regional approach that we're stronger as an 11 county neighborhood than we are as any one county. Um, And and that's really the beauty. And you may have seen some of this in the materials as we prepared for for the Amazon uh, proposal, uh, which is, you know, we count 6.3 million people across an 11 county neighborhood. And that talent pool is really tremendous. And, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, the fact that we have something for everybody. And if a company wants to come here, but they want to be in one specific county as opposed to another, or if they want waterfront access, if they need to be near a highway, if they need to be near a rail yard, we have two Class A freight railroad trains that service the region. There's, There's a dynamic set of options that allows a company, regardless of industry, to establish and grow their operations here. And that, that beauty for me is really uh, is really special. Um, you're a, a small business owner and an entrepreneur, which is a different place than a big company that has big buildings and thousands of employees. Sure. Uh, so the dynamic is, is clearly a little bit different. And um, I, I just wanted you to touch a little bit on that entrepreneurial community um, some more, if, if you could, and how that community has actually helped you and others 
continue to thrive? Sure. So uh, especially in t- being a tech entrepreneur, um, the technology changes significantly every six months to a year. So it's a, it's a, about constantly reinventing what worked last week couple months ago is not going to work in the future. So that kind of mindset about constantly um, innovating is um, at the base uh, uh, level of all everything we do. So we have to constantly change, flip the script, change how we approach things. Uh, and that leads to innovation and better products. So uh, I think um, the entrepreneurial community is uh, the ones that, that succeed or exit or are able to survive long term. Um, have to have that uh, as part of their their fiber, uh, intrinsic part of their being. So I think all entrepreneurs have to be able to uh, to reinvent and rethink and um, constantly reevaluate their approach. What do you love about Greater Philadelphia? What are those attributes for you that stand out as being really special? And when you meet somebody at a conference and you're visiting another part of the world and they say where you're from and you know, you tell them you're from Philadelphia. How, how do you position that and, and the uh, passion you have uh, for our community? Well, um, I, I, there's so many things I love about Philadelphia. It's kind of hard to nail down to a few. But uh, I mentioned before, uh, it's an incredible restaurant city. Uh, some of the um, top, we had four James Beard Awards winners last year. Um, if you are not an exceptional restaurant, you don't survive more than six months here. So um, the the options for dining out are numerous and extremely good. Um, the access to Schuylkill River uh, Park is fantastic. Um, we ride uh, our, our bikes there pretty much all summer. Sometimes we ride up to, to Maniunk, you know, have lunch there and ride back. Um, the access to talent. I'm. I'm just uh, recently we're we're um, we're hiring again. Uh, uh, we're having to ramp up again since uh, partially due to the attention we've gotten since Amazon. Uh, but the uh, the amount of talent that are really interested in in coming to Philadelphia and um, and investing in the community here and and they all see what we have and and um, and, and they're like, why don't you like? Why isn't Philadelphia so down on themselves? And it's like because we have this mentality that we've had to shake forever. Two things I like about Philadelphia the most, I guess, are um, the, the talent pool, um, the access to recreation, and the access to dining and, and fine arts. You know, one of the things that's unique about Greater Philadelphia is we are a minority majority city. Um, and the region itself actually benefits from that. And um, it would be great to hear your perspective on um, the diversity that makes Greater Philadelphia and the city specifically so special. Sure. I mean, um, as a majority minority city, if I keep getting me back backwards to front as well, that kind of diversity in, um, of people and diversity of thought leads to more interesting products, I think, especially from where, where we sit. So if you have a bunch of folks who all think and act and, and look the same, um, what you come up with is going to be pretty homogenous. Here in Philadelphia, we have the opportunity to learn from each other and and grow from each other's experiences. And that diversity in not only um, of people and ethnicity and race and gender and sexual orientation um, within a company, but in size and scale and focus uh, across the region and across business practices, um, leads for a really rich, uh, a rich, fertile place for business and ideas to grow. So I think Philadelphia benefits highly from that. The other thing that I think that's interesting about the diversity of the city is that um, we uh, apparently there is a demographic parity with the rest of the country. So the uh, the demographics of Philadelphia roughly uh, approximate that for the rest of the country. So Philadelphia actually ends up being a great place to 
test market uh, national products. So there are many levels on which uh, diversity plays uh, a strengthening role in the value of Philadelphia. Absolutely. I know at Select, we often talk about talent, transportation infrastructure, cost of doing business, quality of life, cost of living. But we often will also talk about diversity. And to your point, when we have input and perspectives from a variety of of, uh, folks, uh, again, regardless of gender or ethnicity or faith or um, status within an organization, it really strengthens our messaging and helps us um, relate, helps us to empathize. And um, we saw that firsthand with, with the Amazon project because it's exactly what their workplace is like, and they want to match themselves with other like-minded uh, folks that, that are open to that kind of perspective. Absolutely. I think Will Reynolds from uh, uh, Curelate, what's he from? Searon Active. Will's uh, point in the Amazon video on the sizzle reel is, is really on point where he says, here it's really easy to be diverse. I mean, we're uh, a lot of uh, the places where companies might go, it's kind of hard to uh, they're struggling to bring in people who don't look like them. And here it's very easy because you know, we are a majority minority city. Excellent. Mark Coleman, president, founder, CEO of the Tactile Group. Uh, you did tremendous work helping the region and the city through our Amazon RFP project. You actually are an inspiration from an entrepreneurial perspective. And you are an epitome, really, of, of what Philadelphia is today. Thanks for all you do to lift our community and to be successful, not only as a small business owner and an entrepreneur, but as a member of our broader business and civic community as well. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being with us as well on the Growing Greater Philadelphia program. You're helping us to tell that story. Great, Matt. Thank you so much. Our Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast is brought to us by many of our investors and partners, including Stradley Ronan. They're a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia, and their more than 200 attorneys represent private and public companies in everything from sophisticated corporate transactions to complex litigation. You can learn more at stradley.com. And by Independence Blue Cross, a leading health insurance company offering health plans from managed care, Medicare, and Medicaid, and they have over 10,000 dedicated employees right here in Greater Philadelphia. You can learn more about Independence Blue Cross at ibx.com. Check out all of our podcasts and be sure to tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia. Philadelphia.